Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Thousands of people in the Central Valley work at Foster Farms poultry plants. It's a huge employer in the area. And so far, we know that there have been outbreaks in at least three of these facilities during the pandemic. Hundreds of people have gotten sick from COVID, and several people have even died. It's just occurred to me how how much this is a part of a, a much bigger context about the, the emergency that's happening in the Central Valley right now. Meat and poultry plant workers have been at risk for the coronavirus this whole time because they usually work long hours in close quarters. But it's been hard to piece together a clear story and just get basic information. Today, what we know and what we don't know about COVID outbreaks at Foster Farms. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Foster Farms is in the news again because there are new outbreaks at three of the company's facilities in the Central Valley. And one of those outbreaks is at a plant where earlier this summer there was a massive outbreak. At least 392 workers and nine workers died. Alex Hall reports on the Central Valley for KQED. There's definitely been a high level of spread in meat and poultry processing facilities early on in the pandemic. You kind of saw a preview of what was coming to California at these bigger beef and pork processing facilities like Smithfield and Tyson. And a lot of that is because the workers are so close together when they're on the line. And also because it's not just when the workers are cleaning and cutting meat and poultry. There's been a lot of concerns that local health officials have had about how workers come into contact with each other when they are clocking in and out or when they are on their smoke break or having lunch, that that's the time when when the virus can spread. It wasn't until into July and August that it became very clear how serious the situation was. I had heard from the mayor of Livingston that at least two workers had died, that this information didn't come from foster farms, it came from members of the community, family members, people who knew the workers who 
notified the mayor, notified uh, United Farm Workers, which represents 2,000 workers at the plant. The health department contacted Foster Farms and said, you know, we're hearing that workers have died. You know, this information needs to be reported to Cal OSHA. All of this is very complicated, but what we do know is that at the Livingston plant in Merced County, at least 392 workers tested positive in connection to the earlier outbreak at the plant this summer. Nine workers died. Uh, More recently, at least 37 workers have tested positive in connection to that facility, and at least 193 workers at the company's cherry plant in South Fresno have tested positive. An unknown number of workers have tested positive at the company's Belgravia plant in Fresno, and two workers have died, one at each of those facilities in Fresno, and I'm not sure what the date of those fatalities are. I'm trying to figure that out right now. A lot of this is hard to characterize. For example, in Livingston, I was getting most of my information from Mayor Gurpal Samra, who is the mayor of the city of Livingston. My personal belief, I think it is very important for the public to know. It is very important for the public to know. Because the more we know, the better we can prepare ourselves. Throughout the summer when the outbreak at that facility was getting really bad, the Merced County Department of Public Health was not disclosing the number of cases associated with the outbreak because, according to them, that would violate HIPAA regulations. We had to go to other sources. And I first found out about the first two workers who had died through calling Mayor Samra who was being briefed by local health officials and by foster farms on a regular basis. So we were able to check in with him every week. At one point, I was calling him every day. The employees are calling me. They're they're my number one source of information, employees. And they're the number one source for the number of deaths and everything else. Another person Alex was trying to reach again and again was Foster Farms VP of Communications, Ira Brill. A couple of weeks ago, Alex started hearing about another outbreak from a union representative. The state got back to her and confirmed this was happening. But when she tried to get Foster Farms to comment on the story, she wasn't hearing anything back. And so I sent another email to Foster Farms, letting them know that I had learned this information from an official source. Could they comment? You know, I'm still looking for information about this other outbreak in Merced County. And pretty quickly, I received a response from Ira Brill saying, continue to ignore. What is that email all about? Ira Brill accidentally replied all to me, the PR firm, and two KQED editors that the PR firm should continue to ignore my questions. And this is at the, this, I mean, this is after months of you trying to get information and not getting information that you've wanted out of Foster Farms. Yes. What do we know about what Foster Farms has done to make its facilities safer over the last several months since that first outbreak at Livingston? Um, well, we do know that they have increased testing. Over the summer, they had put up plexiglass partitions in between workers. 
they had increased the areas where Foster Farms employees can take breaks. They had set up tents outside. But beyond that, it's been a little bit difficult to figure out all of the changes that have been made. After the Livingston outbreak in late August, Merced County issued a health order saying the Foster Farms plant must close until it met certain requirements, including negative COVID test results from workers. Just two days later, the county issued a revised health order saying the company could reopen after just six days. How Foster Farms got the green light from state and federal officials and the Merced County Health Department, and whether Foster Farms took the necessary steps to make workers safer, is yet another big question Alex has struggled to answer. There are so many layers of of officials and, and really power here that gets super complicated. Like, there's power of, of Foster Farms, the corporation. There's power of state and local officials and even federal officials. So who's making the calls about whether to keep Foster Farms plants open or close them? And what kind of safety protocols a company needs to have? So when I was talking to Mayor Samra throughout the summer, Mayor Samra said that basically there were no rules for how to handle this and that Merced County health officials were basically writing the rules in real time. And in fact, not only did the county not have those rules, but the state didn't have those rules. And so this was kind of an experiment for, in this kind of situation, what is the role of the county health department to protect workers at a meat or poultry processing facility in California? And what authority do they have? And what authority can they exercise? And how does this play out? And I think it was a really big learning experience, not only for Merced County, but also for uh, the state of California. Hola, buenas noches. Bienvenidos a todos. Muchísimas gracias que salieron a acompañar, a acompañarnos ahora a honrarlas. A couple of nonprofits had organized a memorial for the workers who had died so far in connection to the outbreak at the Livingston plant, acknowledging um, these workers and, and what had happened. Welcome, everybody. We are so grateful that you joined us tonight to honor those who have lost loved ones um, at Foster Farms. We're, we're grateful. And, and this was in the midst of, you know, a really opaque process that I think a lot of people wanted um, more transparency um, to understand better. Good afternoon. Buenas tardes. Este, Rodrigo Espinosa, Supervisor del Condado. A county supervisor, Rodrigo Espinosa, came to the memorial and stepped up to the mic and started talking about what was happening from his vantage point. You know, I, sometimes I can't speak because there's, there might be lawsuits. So instead, when the county was negotiating with, with public health um, in, a, in about making an agreement, I, we can't talk as supervisors because the ultimate authority is on... Uh, it's on uh, Dr. Sandoval, the public health director, or public health officer, I'm sorry. And so you had people coming up to the mic and just talking about their feelings about what was unfolding. Was the county health department doing enough to protect workers? Was Foster Farms doing enough to protect workers? I am tired. I am tired beyond belief of hearing that somebody blame somebody. The supervisors blame the public health department, the public health department, the state, Cal OSHA, Foster Farms, Foster Farms, everybody else. 
it, like the the onus is on every single person. We knew a long time ago that Foster Farms was going to do this for this community. Jakara, Faith in the Valley, Nine Nine Roots, everybody here has been saying, "Yo, like this is gonna happen at Foster Farms." We know. We've seen this. People have been dying at Foster Farms slowly since Foster Farms has been open because they 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 break their workers' bodies into pieces. My mom is recovering from knee surgery from being there for 30 years. We've been talking about how hard it is to get clarity from official sources like Foster Farms or like the County Health Department. It seems like there have been a few local leaders who've been willing to talk, but that's also just secondhand because they get briefed by the county and by Foster Farms. But what about the workers? Have you had any luck talking to people who work at these plants? It was easier to find workers at the Livingston plant because quite a few are active on social media. It's harder to do now because the outbreaks at the the plants right now, the biggest outbreak is at a plant where there's no union representation. So there is no liaison to the workforce. I think that a lot of workers obviously don't want to get sick. They're worried, but they also are really worried about their jobs. And so I think that, you know, a lot of people are making this decision about where is the calculated risk that I'm willing to take? Is it with getting sick or is it with not having any money? The worker is the primary source and is the witness to what is really going on inside of the plant. And that's the person who has the most to lose from talking to a journalist. Clearly, this has been a lot to report. You know, just hearing what you've been through over the last few months and where you're getting information, where you're not getting information, it just seems like a lot. What's this experience of reporting been like for you during the last several months? Extremely stressful and also liberating in a way because for months I have been following these outbreaks in the plants and trying to get some clarification on what is what exactly is going on. Uh, So what's the latest? Did they say what their recommendations were? What is the health order exactly? Can you share that with me when you get it? Did you get an updated case count from the county? 217 cases. As of Sunday, What about hospitalizations? Did they discuss that? um, What about the deaths? How certain are you that it's Have you been um, speaking with a union representative? What time do you think you're going to get that? Okay, well, I'm on a deadline and my story's airing tomorrow morning. So that I, I need the statement now. Getting that email um, about, you know, saying continue to ignore gave me a lot of peace because it just seemed so outrageous that it's kind of unbelievable. Kind of going off that point, like the, the questions that you're asking and the, and the information you're trying to get is, is basic information about who's sick yeah. and, and what, what safety protocols are in place. Right. It's the basics. Right. And... It has been incredibly difficult to report the basics. Thinking about why you do this work, right, for the public, for people reading and learning about this, what do you think that kind of attitude from a company does to your work? The the struggle of employers right now is a huge part of the story because this whole pandemic has been impossible to deal with and incredibly difficult not only for 
uh, for workers and for unions and families and loved ones of workers who, who work in these kinds of facilities, but also for, you know, business owners. That That is a huge part of the story that we want to include. And, you know, it's just been incredibly difficult, at least with this story, to do that. Not Not in covering other sectors. I haven't encountered that kind of reaction and that kind of behavior covering any other employer, which is why it's been so confusing. What What are the stakes if there are so many basics, basic information that we just don't know about what's actually going on? Well, I mean, one of the reasons why I think that this story is so important right now is because of the disproportionate dire situation that the San Joaquin Valley is in right now. Foster Farms plants in the Central Valley employ workers who are living in communities where hospitals are completely overwhelmed and understaffed right now. As of a few days ago, the San Joaquin Valley region has dropped to 0% ICU bed availability, which doesn't necessarily mean that there are no ICU beds, but it means that resources are stretched extremely thin. And so it's just occurred to me how how much this is a part of a, a much bigger context about the emergency that's happening in the Central Valley right now. Alex, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. There's a chance we'll learn more in these next few months. On January 1st, a new state law will let the public see more data on the number of workers testing positive for COVID. But the law doesn't allow us to see which specific businesses have outbreaks. Cal OSHA is inspecting a number of foster farm plants. The workplace agency is expected to announce its findings sometime in January. Meanwhile, Foster Farms sent Alex a statement on Tuesday. They defended the amount of testing they've done and claimed that their COVID positivity rates are way lower than the rest of Merced County. Alex Hall is a Central Valley reporter for KQED. This episode was produced by Erica Cruz Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, myself, and our editor, Alan Montesilio. The Bay is local news to keep you rooted. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us. Talk to you next time. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair, available wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.